If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coffee and California Politics. I'm going to let everybody log on. Uh, we got some big news coming up today. Uh, per, you know, news about the, the platform and everything that's going on. So give everyone a chance to log on. Uh, still rocking the uh, Black Rifle Blackbeard's Delight uh, coffee for all those who are wondering. Dark roast. Uh, it's getting a little chilly out there. So maybe a dark roast isn't so bad after all, you know. And by chilly, I mean by San Diego standards, which is 54 degrees in the morning. That's pretty chilly. So I like it, though. I like the fall weather, and I like the uh, the feeling of coming home, putting some slippers on, just relaxing. You know, after the heat wave we had not even like a month ago, it's nice to have some, uh, some relief and a little bit cooler. It definitely feels more like fall and the holidays are coming. All right. So uh, sort of announcing what's going on with the platform. So... I, I didn't want to make a big deal about this, but today will technically be the last coffee in California politics at 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. I'm sorry. Um, I, I Things have changed in my day job um, and stuff like that, so I won't have time to do it at 9 a.m. anymore. Um, I'm getting a big boy job, um, which requires me to get in the car and go to an office at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, but, but I know, look, I, I'm already seeing the pushback. That doesn't mean I'm going to take away content and maybe I'm going to put a poll out, uh, and see what people think about. Um, there's other, there's been ideas that I've been thinking about. Maybe we do it earlier at like 8am. I know a lot of people are like commuting. It could be something you listen to on your commute on your way in. We could do it at 8am. That's fine. Um, did I take a vote? I did not take a vote whether or not, uh, this was allowed for me to happen. Um, we could change it to, uh, somebody just said 9am Saturday morning. Maybe that's an idea. If people are willing to tune in on a Saturday morning, um, it was a rigged election. The, the ballots were all stacked in my favor of what I chose. Um, we could do, weekend mornings we could do another idea i've been floating around is uh this idea of like instead of coffee in california politics we could do cocktails in california politics which would be a night show maybe like six or seven or eight or something like that um i think that would be a little i think that would be interesting to try that out do it at night and you might get more people hopping on bringing their drinks along and you know when you're talking about california politics sometimes you do need a drink um but that's all to say that just because this version of the podcast won't be continuing does not mean that California uh, Underground is going to, to end. Barbecue and politics on the weekends. Maybe maybe it's just like kind of a random thing. You know, you just pop on when you want to pop on. We'll figure it out. But the big thing about this show and this show has evolved over time and it's 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 you know, it started with just little old me talking into a, a $25 microphone into my laptop, um, doing my own thing, not knowing um, if, oh, I like that idea, the uncensored podcast once a month. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be really fun to do a one, like a, a uncensored, everyone just kind of unleashes. Yeah, that would actually be a lot of fun. We can do an uncensored, bring some people on, bring your drinks, we'll have a grand old time, um, stuff like that. Um, and, and I may have some ideas of how we could do that as well. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it, it, the show evolves 
like I was saying, for me, just talking into a microphone by myself, a cheap little microphone. I didn't, I don't even think anyone really cared those first, I don't know, 20, 50 episodes I did. I don't think anyone really cared who California underground was or even tuned into the podcast. And it wasn't until one day I decided, Hey, there's people on Instagram. So why don't I do a live podcast on Instagram? That would be fun. Um, and here we are today with coffee and California politics. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking to you guys every week. It's always good for me. It's always good for me to kind of like get this. It's kind of cathartic to talk about politics. You know, just get it all off your chest. It feels a lot better. Um, but I don't think it, just to say the content won't change. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that's happening as well that I'm very excited about with California Underground. Also, uh, with the formal formation of this is sort of not like a not really a big formal announcement. But the actual formal formation of the Cal Republican Caucus, the political action committee that we've been working on behind the scenes. Um, So instead of just kind of talking about stuff, we're going to start taking action and stuff like that. We're really kind of focused on that as well. And uh, we're excited about that. I think that's going to be a great idea and, and a great way to kind of push a new message. Because the one thing that I've been reading, and this is just going to be my quick couple minute uh, pitch about Cal Republican caucus. If you haven't gone and followed it already, there's an Instagram. Uh, it's been a little dormant, but now that we're formally, uh, uh, you know, formally formed and we have a political action committee number and all that stuff, um, you know, it's going to get a little bit more active, but the one thing, um, the one thing I, I see a lot of in California and I'm starting to see from other Republicans, conservatives and people like that is you can't just be, the party of no, and you can't be the party of we're not Democrats, right? And that's one thing that I really liked about talking to Brian Dolly a couple weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have him on the program. We're going to continue to have a great a lot of great political people on the podcast, stuff like that. A lot of great combos. Um, The one thing I really liked about Brian Dolly is he was not just a guy who sat there and said Newsom is horrible, Newsom is horrible, Newsom is horrible. Um, it's that he actually sat down and said, here's the issues and here's how we start to address those issues. And I think there's a big opening for that in California. I've said this before. If you've tuned into plenty of coffee in California politics, you know that I've said there is no opposition party in California. And I'll, I'll stand by that. There is there's no legitimate opposition party in California. There's a Republican Party that is another choice you could make, but I don't think they're an opposition party. And by opposition party, I mean, someone who actually goes up and says, no, we oppose your ideas because there is better ways to do things. And I think Republicans have kind of got caught in this idea of if we just say that Democrats are really, really bad and we point out like, yes, there's homeless on the street. Yes. Your utilities are increasing. Um, yes. Uh, you know, cost of gas is skyrocketing is that's one way to do it, but it's not, it it doesn't get people to vote for you. And you don't want people voting just purely against because you're not going to get as much momentum. You're not going to get someone who sticks as, uh, someone who is, is more in line with you, maybe registers as a Republican. But anyway, that's sort of my small rant about Cal Republican. Definitely go check it out. We're going to be starting to do things, especially after this election, we're going to ramp things up. Um, it's going to be exciting. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be putting a a good amount of attention to that as well, where we can really take action and really start to change people's minds and say like, look, this is the platform. 
this is what we think you should go for if you are a conservative or someone who wants to change California for the better for the 21st century. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that'll be exciting as well. But kind of bringing it back to the whole big announcement is that the content won't change. It'll still be here. We'll still be doing it one way or another. I think I'll put out a poll and figure out what people want to do, whether it's a cocktails in California politics, whether it's some over the form, maybe it's earlier in the morning, like at 8 a.m., not at 9 a.m. or something like that. We can figure that out, right? We're all here. We're not going anywhere. We're all interested in California politics. You, you all show up 9 a.m. to hear me rant and ramble about California politics. And um, yeah, so we'll figure it out. And I'm sure that we'll all look back and say, remember coffee in California politics? And then there's cocktails in California politics or something. And we'll just, we'll figure it out. Um, the biggest thing is that we continue this platform so that people can come to people can come to and, and feel like they're part of something that they, they don't feel alone. That's the biggest thing. Whenever I, when I started this platform, it was this idea of getting people together to know that you're not alone. There's a lot of other people who think like you in California. You're not alone. It feels like sometimes you go into the office or you go different places. You walk through your neighborhood and you go, um, you go, oh, geez, uh, you know, I see the the whatever sign, the virtue signal sign, the I stand with Ukraine or whatever uh, cool liberal virtue signal is of the day. And you go, man, I feel like I'm so alone in California and no one understands me. That's the point of California Underground is for people to connect and say they want us all divided and they want you to feel alone. Um, so, uh, yes, Camille is very excited. Camille is the official treasurer of Calipolica, and she's very excited. Um, she is also uh, the one who is very good about whipping me to do stuff about Calipolica. So props to her for kind of really pushing to get Calipolica formally uh, formed and all that stuff. So she's really kind of cracking the whip. Speaking of an event that Camille is very involved in is this weekend, October 29th from two to seven down at waterfront park is going to be the freedom revival event. It's going to be a huge event. There's going to be lots of speakers. Um, I am honored and to be invited along with Anthony Cabasa. We are going to be, uh, interviewing a bunch of candidates that day. So I, I think there's, you know, I've posted a whole bunch <clears throat> Camille, if you want to put in the chat all of the people, I think Brian Dolly will be there. Um, there'll people be for like San Diego County supervisor, stuff like that. But it's going to be a huge event. There's going to be a lot of people. Last time I think it garnered thousands and thousands of people showed up. Um, so I'm very excited. And um, so there you go. 13,000 people showed up last time to Freedom Revival. Uh, it's going to be a big, big event. And I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm honored to be asked to and humble to even be asked to be on that stage with those candidates and ask them questions. And I think Anthony and I, uh, you know, another Anthony's another great independent journalist, great podcaster. So I'm excited to be up there with him. And it's funny because I haven't actually met all these people really in person. So, you know, we do these podcasts. He comes on the podcast. I go on his podcast. And this will be the first time that we're actually um, meeting in person. There you go. Brian Dolly, Angela Jacobs, Rob Bernowski, who's running for secretary of state. Lonnie Chen, which is running for controller very big position. If he wins, that's a huge, huge, that should be like the biggest thing. If Lonnie Chen wins, that is a huge win for California that a Republican will win statewide office. Um, so there's going to be a whole bunch of other people. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and you know, it's San Diego on the waterfront. It's going to be a beautiful day as always down here in San Diego. So with that said, uh, I think that's all the announcements for right now. It's been like, 
I don't know, 10 minutes. I've been just been talking about announcements. Um, so there are a couple articles. So we're still going to talk about some California politics this morning after I take a sip of my coffee. Tomorrow night, we are, um, Cynthia and I are going to break down what was the, uh, I wouldn't say very spicy debate between Newsom and Dolly. I think it was probably very quiet. It's like those uh, parodies you hear of public radio, very quiet, where, you know, they're like, Welcome to KQED, and you're listening to public radio. Today we have someone talking about gluten-free bread. Um, so it wasn't as spicy as like DeSantis or Christ or whatever happened with Fetterman last night. Uh, I only saw clips about what happened to Fetterman because, I, geez, they, I don't know what it is. They, I guess Democrats just feel like they can run literally anybody, and if they call Republicans racist, homophobes, bigots, and whatever, that they'll win. Um, but uh, Fetterman last night, uh, he was the whole rage on Twitter last night. Um, so it was all I kept hearing was that Fetterman just looked awful and that they, they shouldn't even put that guy on the stage. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to try and make it as spicy as possible and talk about this stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll pick out the highlights and all that. So if that makes sense. Anyway, so this first article I want to talk about is from the California Globe. Actually, yep. Yeah, well, this one's from California Globe. This is Senator Brian Jones. He wrote an article talking about a multi-pronged approach to removing homeless encampments, which this is good. And I'm starting to see, this is what I'm glad to see from Republicans in California is that they're starting to propose not just, we're not Democrats, but solutions because who knows? Um, and it's it's very refreshing. There is the, I don't know if you saw couple of weeks ago, there was a bunch of uh, legislators who came out in Sacramento. They said the California promise. That was a whole new platform that they want to promote. Um, you have to give people options. You have to say this is what option A is. Option A is that if you go with this politician, they're going to try and implement this plan, which you think is better than this person's plan. Again, why I think debates are very important is because you have to see one candidate versus another and see what plan A versus plan B is or see three candidates. It doesn't have to be just two candidates. I know there's a lot of libertarians who follow here as well. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a libertarian candidate also on that stage as well, talking about their ideas for California. So this is Senator Brian Jones um, talking about what his idea for uh, a bill that he's going to introduce uh, next time the legislative session opens. It says, my measure has a multi-pronged approach that is more than just sweeping the problem away. First, it promotes encampments within a thousand feet of areas deemed sensitive Schools, parks, libraries, daycare centers, this will help protect children's safe passage to the places they congregate. Great. Yeah, I think that's that's obviously that's a no brainer. I, I think. Um, and, and the thing about that is. I, I see it a lot in my local neighborhood where I live in San Diego. I do see a lot of these issues um, to the point where if we're going out early in the morning or we're taking the dog for a walk or something like that. You know, I do bring protection. I do carry and I not because I want to go do anything out, but because it's dangerous out there and it's dark and, and you walk by a park. Parks are decimated. They're trashed and stuff like that. And then you go by a school, which is right across the street. That's trashed and decimated. You go by the library, which is now trashed and decimated, which is interesting. I went to the library the other day to get out a book. Um, by Tom Woods, a really interesting book that I'm reading right now. I'm all over the place today. Jeez, I am just too much coffee or not enough coffee. Um, 
really interesting book called how the Catholic church uh, built Western civilization. Anyway, check it out. Um, I went to the library and I noticed that it was formerly a place where there were a lot of homeless people who would hang out by the library. Now there's an armed guard who walks around the entire library and you don't see the homeless people anymore. Um, so I don't know uh, this. I, I think this is something that is a good idea. I think there are these sensitive places that our schools, parks, libraries, where families want to go. They want to take their children, stuff like that. Just say they're sensitive places and you can't be there. You know, even though that they're public, some of these are public, like public parks and stuff like that. It doesn't mean just because it is a public park that one or two people get to overtake it, destroy it, intimidate other people from uh, not using it. This is something that a lot of libertarians talk about with like the tragedy of the commons, which is the problem is when everybody pays for it through the public, nobody takes care of it, right? You see it even as a little kid, like growing up, if it's a group project, there's always going to be one person who slacks off and doesn't do it anything. There's always going to be one person who carries the team and does everything. Um, that's just group psychology and the tragedy of the commons. So I think that that is not a bad idea to say, like, look, these are shared things that if we as taxpayers are paying for, then yes, these should be clear of homeless encampments. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be sleeping there. You shouldn't be setting up tents. You shouldn't be doing whatever you're doing over there because people want to come. They want to enjoy the library. They want to enjoy the park. Obviously, they want to go to school. The children don't want to fear that they're going to be walking through homeless encampments when they do that. Daycare centers. I mean, obviously, these are these are kind of like a no-brainer thing. Like, duh, yeah, obviously, these should clear out. And I think that would go a long way to clear out a lot of neighborhoods um, that are kind of seeing homelessness in front of them all the time. Uh, second, it mandates enforcement officials give a 72-hour warning before an encampment sweep could occur. This will give impacted homeless individuals three days to find alternative locations. Yeah, I think that's that's fine as well. Um, 72 hour warning before encampment. Sure. Why not? Uh, instead of a lot of times there's always a cries that people show up, like the, the police will show up in force. They'll clear out an entire encampment. There's no warning or anything like that. That's fine. Sure. Give them a heads up and say like, look, we're going to come back in 72 hours. And if you're not here, we're going to have to start enforcing stuff. Third, when conducting a sweep enforcement officers are required to provide information about sleeping alternatives, Homeless and mental health services and shelters in the area. This will help connect homeless individuals to desperately needed services and more suitable places to stay. Um, I call this provision the you, you can't you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here provision. That's what it seems like to me, because it's basically saying, look, when we come back and we tell you, you got to move along. You can't stay here or you can't go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But here's all a list of uh, places you can go. Here's resources. You want to find some place like, look, we're already kind of shuffling you off the street anyway. Why don't you go and find some place that is willing to help you? If you go to this place right now, they'll be able to take you in. There's a shelter down the street. There's a shelter over here. There's a homeless uh, soup kitchen over here. Uh, there's a lot of these services that we provide for a lot of services that our taxpayers go uh, tax money goes to. And I think that's always been something that I have believed in is that there's not enough when it comes to homelessness, there's too much carrot and not enough stick. And we've seen it time and time again, the one big viral video that Michael Schellenberg came out with, where he talked to one homeless person, and he just basically admitted like, look, the reason why I'm homeless is because San Francisco makes it easy to be homeless. Why would I go 
join the workforce or do anything. I get $800 a month from the city. I get other benefits as well. There's plenty of free benefits for me as a homeless person. The weather is nice all year round. It gets a little chilly here and there, a little foggy. Um, but other than that, like on $800, if you're living off the street, that's a lot of money when you don't have bills or anything, or they give you a phone or something like that. Like that to me is the one extreme that we should get really far away from is that it's too much carrot. We need to start implementing a little bit more stick, which is look, we want to be compassionate. We want to help you. But we also understand that like people live in this area, people live in cities, they live in these neighborhoods. You know, parents want to walk their kids. They want to walk their dogs. They want to just have a nice stroll down the street. Like you can't, that's a good way to put it. Stop feeding the birds. That's one way to put it. Um, You can't stay here and you can't just, I'm trying to find the right way to put this. We want to help you, but there's a lot of people who pay to live in this neighborhood and they pay for the parking or for the streets and the sidewalks and all that stuff. And you just, you can't ruin it for everybody else. So I think that's where we have to go. I think we do have to, we've put enough carrot. It's time to put stick to it and say, you can't just give homeless all they want and no consequences, right? You have to give them a hand up and say like, look, we want to help you but you can't sleep here next to a library. You can't sleep here next to a park. You can't build up tents over here. Like we want to help you. We're spending a lot of money to help you, but (laughs) said your house is ugly. Move on. (laughs) Somebody else said it. That was somebody else's words. Not mine. Um, Somebody in the chat said that. Uh, Yeah. And I think there has to be more stick. So that's what I think this really is kind of doing is saying like, look, you can't stay in these areas. First off, you can't even set up in these areas. And a thousand feet is a good amount. If you're in a certain neighborhood, you know, a thousand feet from a school encompasses a large area. And then a thousand feet from a daycare could also encompass a large area. And then a thousand feet from a library could encompass a large area. So you start to see like these overlapping and you know, they do this on purpose so that there are overlapping circles so that the library, which is two blocks from the daycare or a daycare or school, those circles overlap. Now the circle got bigger and then it just becomes a big thing. Um, that's a good first step. Public things that we all pay for that we want to enjoy libraries, parks, schools, all that stuff. Although I also propose that we should get away from government mandated schools and we should go for more school choice and, uh, and homeschooling. But that's a whole different set of issues. Um Though that's a good way to start, I think. And then I also think that giving them a heads up saying, Hey, look, we're going to come back. We're going to do, we're going to do enforcements. We're going to do enforcement sweeps. You guys can't stay here. You got to get moving along. That's fine as well. And then I think finally saying like, look, all right, we've given you enough chances. We got to move you along, but here's some resources of where you can go. I think that's fair. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. That addresses the immediate. Definitely. Um, somebody says, I believe there's one easy solution to curing homelessness, but it'll never happen. That solution is removing all the welfare programs offered in the state. Well, that's what I'm saying, which is that there is a lot of carrot and no stick. And San Francisco is a perfect example where they spend billions of dollars on the homelessness, but they don't enforce anything. So it's very much like we're going to give away everything, 
but then they wonder why there's so many homeless and why do the people keep coming? It's well, yeah, because if word gets out that the best place to be homeless is San Francisco where you're going to make $800 a month and you can live on the street and you don't have to pay for any bills and you got enough money for food every week. And if you're a single person and you're living off $800 a month, I mean, you could, you could stretch that to feed yourself and, and still have money left over for everything else. Um, I agree with that. At this point, public school is a welfare pro- program said by Camille in the chat. Um, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, so yeah, I think there's way too much carrot and not enough stick. So, but, and, and the other thing about homelessness that I want to discuss real quick, and there's also another point I want to bring up. I was going to tweet about it, but I'll bring it up in a minute is there is a bigger underlying issue that no, I've never heard a politician talk about. However, it is part of the Cal Republican platform. So, you know, check it out. Um, CalRepublicanCaucus.com. Dot com or dot org? I can't remember. I think it's dot com because it's not a nonprofit organization. Anyway, the underlying thing that nobody ever talks about when it comes to homelessness is why are there homeless people? And I would say it's mostly because the cost of living in California is way too high and there's not enough affordable housing, right? And a lot of people teeter on that sort of going from rent to month to month, just making it by. And if they miss, it's .org. Okay, CalRepublicanCaucus.org if you want to go check it out. Um, There are too many people who are living paycheck to paycheck and are really on the edge because things are so expensive. And when that happens, you have no room for savings. You have no room for an emergency fund. And what happens is when something goes bad, which stuff always inevitably does, you then end up homeless. Um, that's one thing I think that nobody really addresses here in California is that a lot of people are teetering on if they miss one paycheck, they will, they'll be out of a house and home and they won't be able to make rent the next month and they'll be gone and they'll never be able to catch up. So, That's one thing that I hear nobody ever really talks about here in California. It's the underlying issues. Like, why are there homeless in California? It's not just because California is, I mean, yeah, California has beautiful climate and all that. Yes, there's a lot of welfare. Um, But I think it's also because there's a lot of people, and I saw this a lot during COVID, which you saw a lot of people who probably lost their jobs, probably were doing that. They were living paycheck to paycheck. I feel like a lot of hospitality workers probably went through this. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. There may be some people who are all by themselves, didn't know what to do. And you would look at people and they were, I would say, newly homeless. You know, you could tell when someone's newly homeless. Um, You know, they still have a decent haircut. Uh, They're still playing on their iPhone. Um, Those people to me are, are newly homeless, you know, and that's the sad part is I saw a lot more of that during COVID because people were teetering on the edge. You closed down all these businesses and people lost their living uh, situations or where they were. And that's an underlying issue that no one ever talks about. So yes, there is the immediate issue of, there is the immediate issue of, yes, there's homeless on the street and what do we do to get rid of them or move them along um, so that people don't have to look at them. That's the big issue that oh, everyone's always worried about is we don't want to look at them. We get them off our streets and stuff like that. That's the big immediate issue that people want to talk about. 
But the underlying, I think, is a lot bigger, which is that we are, we just don't have affordability here in California where people can live and move back into apartments and afford to put away a nest egg. You have to make a lot of money to really kind of put away a nest egg. And that includes like not only paying for, you know, for savings, you're talking about, you have to pay for groceries, you have to pay for utilities, all that stuff adds up and dwindles away your ability to put away an emergency nest egg in case bad things happen. Um, but that's one thing nobody ever talks about. However, the Cal public and caucus does talk about that. Uh, somebody said, yes, I hear from my older customers every month. They are barely making it and it's too expensive for them to move. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people really kind of struggle with is it is really, um, is this where you announce you're also leaving the state? Uh, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm locked into California because as a attorney here in California, I'm not going to take another bar. So I'm locked into California. That's why I'm here. That's, you know, that's how I, that's, that's my moneymaker is my being an attorney. So too many taxes and regulations preventing businesses from paying better vicious cycle. Yeah. It all kind of plays into all of this comes down into why people end up on the streets because if they can't pay better, if businesses can't pay better salaries, if it's not affordable, if gas is $6 a gallon and you're teetering on the edge and it's sort of this warped idea that they want to make gas expensive to punish people, to force them to go electric in cars that they won't be able to afford. It's really screwed up how they do that. And it's, that's another issue that I, I think Republicans and, and conservatives and everybody needs to start talking about. Um, homeless encampments are eyesores. However, I deal with it. If I never have to see another one shooting up while sitting outside where, where kids roam by. Um, well, I think that's the idea. The idea is that they are trying to move this along so that, and the sensitive areas is that you can't be around those areas. Um, gas was $3 when I was there in Texas two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were in Arizona, not too long ago, it was like a month ago, it was three seventy, three fifty, three seventy. Anyway, getting off track. But yeah, I think that's one thing about homelessness is there's a lot of factors that go into people being homeless in California. Yes, we all see the stuff on TV. Yes, we see the viral videos of you get paid $800 a month um, to just be homeless in San Francisco. There is a lot of carrot, no stick. Um, Nobody wants to enforce anything. There is a drug problem, but I think it's also an affordability issue. I think there's a good amount of people who are just stuck on the streets. And I don't know if it's a chicken or egg thing. Do people get, do people end up on the streets? because of drugs or do people turn to drugs because they're on the street? That's another question. I don't think people, if anyone's looking to maybe someone like Michael Schellenberg, who's done a lot of work on this. Is it that people are, is it one or the other? It it certainly could be both. It could be, but it'd be interesting to see the percentage of how many people end up on the streets because of drugs or how many people turn to drugs while they're on the street because they're dealing with a horrible situation, which is they're living on the street and they're just trying to make the days go by and they don't know what else to do to ease the pain. So they turn to drugs. I could completely understand that as well. So, um, I think it's, it's an, it's an all right proposal. It's an, it's a decent proposal. It's a good, it's a good start to something. Something has to be done. There has to be more stick, um, less carrot in my mind. Uh, we, we've tried the whole carrot philosophy. Um, I know Noodles is trying 
his whole care court and soon he's trying to roll that out um which would basically be like if we pick you up because you're doing meth on the street and you're shooting up you got two choices you can go to jail uh spend time there and be criminally prosecuted or you can get care so not a bad idea as well i don't think that's an awful idea as well so um one thing i was thinking about the other day uh if you can hear winnie in the background i don't know where she is barking at she barks at every little thing that comes by um it was just the sort of fact that like when cities i think when cities are clean there's something to be said about cities when they're clean i was downtown yesterday in san diego and i pulled up at a meter and went to go pay in the meter and the meter is filthy and you may say is that really a big issue is that really on the top of your list of issues i think it's important okay and i think this kind of ties into the whole idea of why people don't like homelessness and all and all that I think a clean city goes a long way to making people feel good. Um, you walk through a certain area when the city feels, it, it feels clean. It feels good. The sidewalks are clean. There's no trash. You feel good. Right. And I tweeted about this the other day that every time you see a politician spend $1 on one of their crusades their social justice issue crusades that they have to put out, it's one less dollar fixing something in the city. Yes, that's my campaign platform. Clean the meters. They're gross. But no, it's a bigger issue. How hard is it and what is being overlooked and where is money going instead of this? That's something I think about. Where's money going instead of just having people go up and down and clean the streets, right? And then you go by a meter and it's caked in dirt and grime and you go... What then what's the point of paying taxes for any of this stuff if no one's going to come by and clean this stuff? And that's one thing that I think more Californians have to start getting upset about is the basic necessities California is not providing for. Let's just get that straight. California is very much about bragging about how it's the fifth largest economy. And I always say, despite the fact that all the regulations, I think California is the biggest economy. I think it could be the like one of the top economies it could probably be number two right behind the United you old good, good old United States of America if it just unleash the shackles, make parking meters clean again. That's going to be my new campaign slogan. Um, but in all seriousness, it's when you think about every time they step up and say, we're going to spend all this money on this social issue. What does that tell you? They're not going to spend money on something else, right? They're not going to spend money. And, it, and I just pick up on it everywhere I go, you know, cleaning the sidewalks, right? Where people walk, cleaning the sidewalks, there's broken glass or something like that. Or you look at like the trash bins on the beach that look like they've been there for 30 years and they're beaten to hell and they have holes in them. That looks horrible. Like there's things like that. Lifeguard stands, which look like they're about to fall over. Like this stuff you look at and go, what are we actually doing here with our tax dollars if we can't do the basic necessities, right? It's kind of like your own personal budget. I'm really all over the place today. I, I'm just kind of just going with it. This is a real kind of off the cuff cal- coffee in California politics. Um, it's kind of like your personal budget, right? If you have a personal budget and you have X, Y, and Z, you got to pay your rent, you got to pay electricity, you got to pay for food, you got to pay for water, all those things. Those are the basic necessities, right? 
and you say, I have to have enough money to pay for these basic necessities so that I'm able to live, that I can support myself. And then if there's any money left over at the end of the month, you can save it. You can spend it on other things. Maybe you go out to a movie. Maybe you go out to dinner. Maybe you put it away for a nice vacation. You do things that are not really not required. I think everybody, but I do think everybody should go out to movies and dinners and vacations. That's how you run a budget. If you're a city, you don't skip the basic necessities to get to the luxuries that you want. You don't get to say, I'm going to spend less on cleaning the streets, making sure things work, making sure our city is absolutely pristine, that the, you know, the public transportation runs on time, that everything is accounted for. And then when we're all done, once we've provided all the basic necessities and every parking meter in downtown San Diego is absolutely spotless, then we can step back and go, okay, is there anything else that the government can step in and help with? That's how I think budgeting should be across the board, not just in California. I think that's how it should be across the board. But too much politicians kind of jump the line and they go, we're going to skip over the basic necessities and we're not going to focus on that stuff. And we're going to take money and spend it on our little uh, crusades that get us more votes or get us on the news or get us on MSNBC and get us on all this stuff. And then we get to pat ourselves on the back and say, look at all this money that we spend to do X, Y, and Z. It's not our money. We took the money from the citizens and we spent it on all this stuff that I want to do because I'm the person in charge. It's very selfish of them to be like, this is what I want to do because it's my personal social issue that I want to hang on to. Um, I, th- I think that's not the way to do it. I think that's one way you can start approaching fiscal responsibility here in California is if you can't provide for the basic necessities, and if you look at a parking meter that is absolutely grimy and dirty and go, no one's coming by to clean this. There's trash on the ground. No one's picking up the trash in the trash can. No one's fixing this stuff. No one's doing any of this stuff. Then what's the point? Then then you kind of say, then, then, then what's the point of doing any of this and spending on money on taxes? Right? Because they're going to waste it and they're going to spend it on their own thing anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's... I really got off on a tangent there, but it had to do with the homeless encampments and stuff like that. So it's something I was thinking about this week. And I'm like, especially yesterday when I looked at it, I was like, and you put your card in and you're like, Ugh. And you're like trying not to touch all the mud and grime on the meter. And you're like, Ugh, gross. And you have to use hand sanitizer. Cause Lord knows. Yeah. Somebody brought up, they were talking all about COVID and how in COVID they wiped everything down to like death. Now they don't wipe anything down anymore. Yeah, why pay taxes anymore if they're not going to provide the basic necessities? So, and that was one thing I always noticed when people say like, well, you know, what's the big difference between like Kevin Faulkner and Todd Gloria? I could tell you the difference between Kevin Faulkner and Todd Gloria by walking around downtown San Diego and seeing, saying, you know what? Downtown San Diego is really clean and it's really well taken care of and it's it feels like a nice downtown. I'm, I feel good here. Now, when you go to downtown San Diego, dirty parking meters. So go to your, when you look at your city and you see a dirty parking meter, now you're going to think like, why are we not cleaning up these parking meters? So make parking meters clean again. Uh, someone says, all you have to do is look at some city and county budgets to see how our money is spent. And yet they want more. Yeah. They're always, they're always asking more. They always say, um, 
that that's why they they always say we need more money. It's like the San Diego uh, here. That's the San Diego Sandag, the Association of of Governments. They want more money. Why? Because they need more money for public transportation. Three percent of the entire county uses public transportation, but they want more money for it. You can't run public transportation as is with the amount of money we give you. So. So it says the dirty meters is why I ended up getting the meter app. I didn't want to touch them. There's a meter app. That's something new. See, look, I learned something new every day. Could someone run on showing the books and showing where your tax dollars is being spent on? Um, I think that's what Lonnie Chen is really running on. Lonnie Chen is, you know, the controller of, is it controller or comptroller? I think it's controller of the state is basically like the treasurer and the bookkeeper. So they definitely don't want a Republican to get in there because a Republican can go in there and be like, all right, I'm going to show you everything that's been on the books for the past 20 years because I have that authority to do so. We had uh, uh, Andre on from Open the Books, and he talked about this before, and he's been trying to crack that code of like getting like getting the state checkbook from California and seeing what we spent money on because I, I, I bet you anything – that the reason they don't want to allow people to see the state checkbook here in California is because people will be absolutely astounded and shocked and sickened by what we spend our money on and how much we spend our money on. So they don't want people to see what's going on in the state checkbook. Um, but that's also part of the Cal Republican platform, which is there should be accountability and transparency with a state that boasts that we're Silicon Valley and we created Google and Apple and all that stuff. I think we should absolutely be able to hire some of the best tech guys to come up with a program that says, okay, we raised X amount of dollars with your gas tax and we can follow that money to see where's that money going. This money's going here. This money's going there. This money's going to this. Oh, wait, some went back into the general fund. Why is it going back in the general fund? Because the general fund, they can mix money up and do whatever they want with it. So that's another thing. All right, we got a couple minutes left. Um, I was going to get into a whole story about noodles running for president. That's too long of an article to get into now. Um, but it's basically everything I've been saying about noodles wants to run for president. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of like when you go into the comment section, I get to say first uh, because this is all the stuff that I've been saying all along, which is why he's spending, which is why he's going other places. He's building his brand. And if he doesn't run in 2024, he's building his brand for 2028, which would be a perfect way to transition out of his second term and say, I have no more encumbrances and I can focus because it'll finish in 2026 or 2028. It'll be a perfect time for him to run and get his campaign running because you always start your campaigns two years before. So if you think the midterms have been exciting, just wait until February of next year when people start to announce they're running for president. So the fun Never stops in politics. Um, it's our money, so we should be able to see it. Absolutely. I agree. We should be able to see everything. There should be absolute transparency. The state checkbook should be opened. We should be able to see all the money that we're spending. Um, and people should be able to log on to a website and say, hey, I paid X dollars in taxes. Where is that money going? And they should give you a breakdown of your money goes here, here, and here. And then you can say, okay, well, I feel pretty good about that. Or you can look at it and say, 
I don't feel good about any of that. Why are you doing that? Um, and then people would be more, uh, more informed on where their taxes are going. Any input on voter guides? Uh, I don't do voter guides. And I've said this before. I don't do voter guides. I mean, I'm sure if you're a Republican, I'm sure they've sent you some sort of uh, Republican voter guide, their official county voter voter guide. I don't do voter guides because I always believe it's not really my job to tell you who to vote for. Um, It's not my place to tell you who to vote for. Um, I think the whole point is that I want you to go out there and read, check out the candidates. If you don't like them, don't vote for them just because they have an R next to them. Um, So... Yeah. Check out all the voter guides. I like to, when I sit down and do my ballot, I usually have like several voter guides. I'll have like the budget watchdog and then you get the police and sheriffs. They do one thing. Um, and then, you know, you get the Republican, you get the libertarian one out and stuff like that. So, uh, I was a little disappointed that the California libertarian party took no stance on prop one. Where's the Giants mug? Yo, man, that's a that's a classic throwback. That's how you know I, you've been around for a while. Before I had my own mug. Giants are killing it, though. Six and one. Real deal this year. Uh, I can't believe you're ending this podcast right before the election. Was looking forward to the chat on November 9th. Then maybe we do a cocktails in California politics on November 9th. Right? Look, it's not ending. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be here... So, uh, I'm actually thinking of maybe doing like a live stream on November 8th. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Maybe I can reach out to some of those other podcasts. We can do a a nice live stream. We'll start at seven. We'll kind of review where the rest of the country went. Um, and then we could by eight o'clock, we'll know everything going on in California. So we can do like a whole two hour live stream. I think that might be a good idea. Two hour live stream. Who would you like to see on a, a live stream with me for a live, um, for a live uh, midterm election stream. And they'll charge us billions for that website. Well, not if the right people are. You got to make a deal. Okay. You got These people don't know how to make deals. It's my money and I want to see it now. That's what I was thinking. I'm glad someone picked up on it. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do voting yes on 26 and 27. Who's with me? Um. People have been trying. I'm voting no on 26. A lot of people have been trying to convince me um, to vote no on Prop 27 as well. So, look, Papa just wants to be able to put down a a bet every once in a while, you know, just to make things fun on a football Sunday. But there's better ways to do that. Mises Caucus doesn't want to take a stance on abortion because there's no consensus agreement. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, I can understand. I think the Mises Caucus is trying to distance itself from abortion, um, which is probably why they left it out. So, um, but it is interesting they didn't take a stance at all on it. Like, take one stance or the other. I guess the fact that you took no stance is kind of interesting to me. Brian Dable matters. Yeah, he does. Cabasa is doing one. Okay. Okay, okay. You and Carmen will be in Sacramento. Okay, so you guys are out. Everyone's out. Um, yeah, I think a, a, a live stream on uh, for the midterms would be fun. So maybe not on this platform. Maybe it's on someone else's platform. But I think it'd be fun anyway. All right. Any final questions or comments on this uh, final final? Co- well, as of right now, final coffee in California politics at nine a.m. 
whether we decide to do it earlier, whether we decide to do it uh, at night and turn it into cocktails in California politics or something like that, who knows? Um, but I think it'll be, there's going to be a lot to do. There's, there's a lot of plans and, and things are going to continue. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm not giving up California underground. going to keep working, going to keep working on Cal Republican and stuff like that. So still be around <coughs> and make sure you check out if you're in the area. Um, and if you, uh, are in the area of San Diego, I vote to keep going in the AM. All right. Well, that, there's one vote. So I'm going to put a poll out. Maybe I'll just put a question out and see what people say, um, whether they want to keep it in the AM. Maybe we just do it earlier at like seven thirty eight AM. Um, so that way I can have time to get into the office and stuff like that, which all of you are probably saying going, uh, if commuting, we can't comment. Well, that's a good point. If you're commuting, you can't comment. If you're at work, you can comment because you're sitting at work. Barbecue and politics. See, the problem with barbecue and politics is the stuff I like to make takes like five hours. So we'd be sitting there for a long time talking about a lot of things for five hours. And I probably my, um, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but We'll be doing more. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of lives. There'll be plenty of things to look forward to. Um, don't worry. Platform's not going anywhere. Platform is definitely not going anywhere. Um, it's just evolving. It's changing. Um, and who knows? Fire up the burgers. And then I won't be focused because I'll be too worried about not overcooking my burger. So. But yeah. Freedom Revivals this weekend. Um check it out if you're in the area if you're in hell if you're in orange county make the drive down brisket and business everyone's throwing out new ideas i love it uh so yeah check that out um tomorrow night we're going to do a little breakdown of the newsom dolly uh debate try and spice it up as much as possible oh medium rare on everything it's always that burger temperature preference medium rare medium rare on steaks medium rare on burgers everything um I'd love to help if you all need a photojournalist in Sacramento. There you go. If anybody needs a photojournalist in Sacramento, I'm not in Sacramento, but if someone needs a photojournalist in Sacramento, um, you have to all donate to his platform so he can buy all this meat you're suggesting. Yeah, that's that's why you have to buy my shirts so I can buy brisket and stuff like that. Um, now, all the money always goes back into all the money goes back into this platform and investing in better tech and stuff like that did finally get a new laptop. So that'll be exciting. They'll be better for live streams and stuff like that. So I'm excited about that for better video quality and all that. Very excited, um, to get a new laptop. All right. Well, with that said, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in and listening to me rant every Wednesday morning at 9am. Um, it's been a pleasure. All you guys, uh, you know, I know I, I see all the ones who are regulars. Um, I, I see you guys. Thank you so much for being regulars and sticking with me and sitting here and chatting with me every Wednesday at 9am. Um, it was an idea where I just started one day and said, Hey, maybe people will pay attention if I go live and talk about this stuff on Instagram. And you guys have proven that to me. And it's also proven to me that there's a lot of people who are really interested in what's going on in California. And I hope people who have tuned in see that there are other people who think um, 
there are other people who think a lot like them and that they don't feel they're 100% alone. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing. If that's the biggest thing that I've accomplished is that people come on to this live and they see other names and they see other comments and they see other people and they say, you know what? We're not alone. And I can tell you right now, the best thing about this platform is the connections that I have made, which is um, meeting other people, working with those people, getting things done. Um, And that's really the point is that people have met each other and they have work together and they're building stuff. And you see that you see that not only with my platform, you see that with platforms like uh, rooted wings. You see that with other big platforms like Sean Fredrickson, Anthony Cabasa, you see like these big platforms are connecting people and they're getting the grassroots stuff done, which is really what's important. So that's the whole point of this is to bring the people together to say, we're not the only ones here. We're not all by ourselves. Um, if we work together and we start doing things, you can change it. You can make a little bit of a change. It's going to be a lot of work and, uh, you know, but the people who show up every week, I think you're ready for the work. So with that said, I will be putting out some sort of poll to figure out, um, what people want to do. Um, oh, that's nice. Thanks, man. Um, California has opened up the world on California politics to me. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I, I know you're a loyal uh, tuner, uh, viewer. So I was going to say listener. It's more of a viewing thing, uh, viewer. So yeah, thank you. And that's really the point of this. So like I said, even if this specifically won't be happening, something else will be happening and we'll all be there. I can guarantee. I feel, I feel like a strong feeling that like if we move it to something else, um, something else is going to come in and I have a feeling people who are tuned in right now, I'll see you all there too as well. And we're still going to talk about a lot of this stuff and it's going to be, it's, there's always going to be enough to talk about with California politics. So with that said, thank you so much signing off for the last time for coffee and California politics. Um, for now, who knows? maybe it comes back one day, but for now, for a while, uh, signing off for the last time and I'll see you guys all tomorrow night later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 